the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It is 4.02 AM 560 WFIL. Ha ha. My producer Joe is looking at me making faces. It's not, stop that. I'm trying to focus here. Listen to the Tim DeMoss Show uh, on AM560 WFIL. Glad you've done so. Hope you'll stay a while. Forecast for today, clear and chilly the rest of the afternoon. Uh, 40 for the low tonight. Wow. Tomorrow's sunny, breezy, beautiful day, high 52. Uh, Low down to 37 tomorrow night. So it looks like we may need to gather the firewood and find some uh, kindling, newspaper, bunch that up and get ready to have a fire uh, in the old fireplace, make sure that that thing works. I made the mistake a couple of years ago of not really testing. You know, I had the flue open, but I think there might have been some stuff uh, up in the, the top of the chimney. And wasn't long before we had smoke throughout the house and had to open all the windows and all that. So hoping not to make that mistake this time around. Uh, Major League Baseball playoffs, National League Championship Series. Dodgers won in 13 innings last night to tie their series up at two games apiece with the Brewers. I'm sure they love the fact they went 13 innings considering they're playing coming up uh, in about an hour. So not much sleep. Uh, Critical game five, 5.05 start. First team, of course, to four goes to the World Series where they'll play the winner of the American League Championship Series. uh, That's where Boston's up two games to one right now on Houston after winning last night. And those two teams square square away again tonight as well. Uh, 8.38 first pitch. Flyers won in overtime. Last night, Claude Giroux and Wayne Simmons leading the way with a couple of goals each. Evens the Flyers' record at 3-3 three and three on this young season. They're at Columbus tomorrow night. And the Sixers open their season with a loss to Boston. 105-87 was close for the first half, but the Celtics pulled away in the second half. The Sixers have their home opener tomorrow against the Chicago Bulls. We, uh, as you may be familiar with, we are working with Trans World Radio during the month of October, or at least you know, we'll see, it's kind of an ongoing thing for a bit. We are working with them on something called the Silk Road Project. It's an opportunity to bring the gospel to Central Asia, uh, not just any old place, but parts of 10 countries. It's really incredible. Afghanistan, China, Russia, India, Mongolia, and a bunch of stands that have a lot of K's and Z's and Y's in them that I can't pronounce very well. But I know like Uzbekistan, I can say that one. Uh, a 200,000-watt transmitter. That will allow Transworld Radio to broadcast, um, especially at night. AM radio travels more efficiently and, and further and can really reach some of the most remote parts of this geographical area. 60 million people in this Silk Road Project area. Think about being able to reach 60 million people uh, in an extremely inexpensive way. Uh, Transworld Radio has been working and serving the Lord for many years. Uh, since the early 50s, and they work in 190 countries, 230 languages and dialects. It's just mind-boggling uh, what they do, and they're able to do. 
And in this particular case, they were blessed with this uh, transmitter that they're kind of working on rebuilding, remod- uh, uh, reshaping or whatever, remodeling a bit, just to have it up refurbished, I guess is the word I'm looking for, to have uh, this up and running in Central Asia to reach a, a relatively unchurched area. And uh, a lot of the folks, I know you might be thinking, well, how do they have, do they even have radios? Yeah, they actually do. A lot of the folks in these regions do have AM radios provided formally by the government as a way of getting information out from the government. And now in this case, they'll be able to receive the programming that Transworld Radio provides. Uh, what we are asking to do, is to, for context, it's, a, it's about a $600,000 transmitter. Uh, so we're not trying to cover the cost of all that. Transworld Radio is working with different radio stations just to get the word out and to raise support for this particular ministry. Uh, it basically translates to a penny a person. So in a nutshell, if you, um, if you did a dollar, you'd be able to reach 100 people with the signal. Or uh, say $100 would be 10,000 people, a penny a person. So we'll leave it to you to think about how you might like to be involved. Of course, if you pray for the project, that would mean a lot. What's really amazing to me, or one of, just one of the ma- many amazing things is, one of the chief engineers on this whole project is from Montgomery County, from our own neck of the woods. And he and his wife, Daryl, and his wife, Carol, have been with Transworld Radio for about 30 years. So they really know what they're doing. They've traveled the world, and now they have moved over to Europe, and they're going to be working on this project for the rest of this year and into early 2019. So I just bring this up because there's a local angle, but there's also an international angle. And if you appreciate radio in general, if you're listening to the radio station, I'm guessing you do, all we're trying to do is do the same thing for people who don't have it. Uh, this is, a, again, a very, very unchurched area, uh, ready and ripe for the picking in terms of being able to just get the Word of God out and, and let them consi- at least consider what God has to say. So we would encourage you to participate, whatever level you want to, and uh, the number to do that is 800-880-4TWR, 800-880-4TWR, or you can click the Trans World Radio banner at WFIL.com. I just think this is a win-win situation, and hopefully you're blessed as you do that. There's Again, it's up to you what you'd like to do, but hopefully you're blessed as you receive and have the opportunity to listen to WFIL. Hopefully you can provide something like that for other folks. Uh, we have some folks we'll thank a little bit later in the program and a number of other things we want to tackle this hour. Uh, we have a special guest coming up in just a couple of minutes. His name is Tyler Shore. He's local but also national in his own right. He went to school in the area, went to school in Florida as well for college, and he has something called uh, Tyler's Amazing Act. It's a, it's a balancing act. You can Google it real quick or look it up, amazingtyler.com, and see what I mean. But we'll come back in just a couple minutes. We're going to do a break now and uh, bring Tyler on the program and talk about his development, especially from this angle. Uh, he was a very promising athlete, and something happened where he got an injury, and and things changed. And uh, anybody, you may have a, something where you were moving along in a certain direction, and your path changed, and uh, and you had to deal with the disappointment. So Tyler's going to share a part of his story in that regard, and how the Lord helped him through that into this area he never could have envisioned prior. That's all coming up in just a couple of moments on the Tim DeMoss Show, it's AM five sixty WFIL. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. It's 412 on AM 560 WFIL. Tim DeMoss Show moving forward. And very glad to bring in our guest. I was mentioning before the break, uh, Tyler Shore is a local guy, but also national and international in different ways. So let's jump on the phone here. Hello, Tyler. How you doing, man? You hear me all right? There we go. Had a button off there. Great to uh, have you on. Thanks for being able to 
be on the program today on short. Yeah, I'm news. excited. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit. Um, Calvary Christian School, there's a local point of contact for folks. You went to school there. My, my son, Tim, actually did that for a little bit, too, uh, that, which has a tie-in because we have our program in the morning straight from the heart with uh, Pastor Joe Foch. So you, you experienced that. And you played baseball there, among other things, right? I did. I started there my sophomore year at Calvary Christian Academy, played baseball for all three years, varsity baseball. Uh, also played varsity basketball and varsity football. So involved with a lot of sports as well as the band and a lot of things at Calvary Christian Academy, yes. Yeah, and and I remember your dad peri- periodically, as any proud dad would, he was uh, posting it about, here's the latest thing, here's the latest no-hitter, here's the latest 43 strikeout performance Tyler had, even though he learned 27 batters in a game. And, <laughs> you know, it was just, it was like, wow, this guy's pretty good. And uh, you went on to play ball at Palm Beach Atlantic in Florida, which, ironically enough, my son Tim went and uh, is currently there in school as well. So, um you played ball at, at Palm Beach Atlantic as well, right? Yes, I was blessed enough to play baseball in the most beautiful place in the country, West Palm Beach, Florida, where it never gets below 75 degrees. So we <laughs> had our opening opening baseball games every year in January 31st. That was our first game every year where, you know, back at home in Philadelphia, it's, you know, 30 degrees and you can't do anything. So we got to play baseball baseball all year round on there, which was phenomenal. Yeah. And did you did you pitch primarily or did you play the positions in high school and college? How is it different when you go from one to the other? For sure. So in, in high school, I pitched mostly. And when I wasn't pitching, I played the outfield. Uh, in college, there are what they call PO, which is pitcher only. And pretty much if you pitched in college, you only pitched in college. So I wish I could have hit um, but my duties in college were starting pitcher and starting pitcher only. Okay. And you did really well, uh, you know, at, at, at PBA, so go sailfish. And, uh, I, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I, I was lucky enough as a freshman to be one of the starting pitchers uh, on the weekends, which uh, I, I don't think many freshmen have the um, the willingness to do, or not the willingness, the privilege of starting uh, so I was actually a starting pitcher my freshman, sophomore, and junior year. Um, unfortunately, after my sophomore year, I tore my UCL, which is the ulnar collateral ligament, which is the injury most commonly known as Tommy John, where most pitchers need to get Tommy John surgery. I elected not to get that surgery and go to the rehab route. Uh, so I was sidelined for about nine months, and I came back for my junior year, uh, not as effective. I wasn't wasn't throwing as hard as I, I did my freshman and sophomore year, so okay. my numbers weren't as good. Okay. And did you? What went into the decision to to? You thought just resting it and taking care of it might be, might be the better way to go. I'm sure that's a, a difficult decision because if you get yeah, Tommy John surgery, you're actually, out for like a year, right? Right. We actually consulted a couple doctors. I actually talked to the Phillies doctor that works with the Phillies players, and they said, listen, it's it's not too bad. Like, if you completely tear UCL, yeah, you need reconstruction surgery, and you need Tommy John. Um, we just decided, hey, it's, it's not a full tear, um, so I was just going to rehab it, rest it. So I did a, a rehab plan for eight months before I could start pitching again, wow. um, 100%. That's something, to really have to go through such a long rehab process meanwhile in the back of your mind i guess you're asking questions like i've been doing well with baseball for this many years now i mean did it look like this could go somewhere beyond college at least or was that you know there's so so few make it to the majors but was that at least in the conversation potentially 
Yeah, I definitely talked about it with teammates and my family. You know, I, I was always a standout player, you know, in high school and, and in my early years of college. So I was thinking, hey, if I keep this up and if I stay strong and if I keep pitching away and pitching, this is definitely something I may be able to make a run at. Maybe not Major League Baseball, but definitely give it a shot in the minor leagues to see, where, see what happens. Yeah. So then when you came back as your, as a junior, and, and before we even talk about that for a quick second, uh, folks tuning in, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560 WFIL, to uh, chat with Tyler Shore, uh, who is a local guy, but also went to school in, in Florida, Palm Beach Atlantic. And we're talking, uh, we're leading up to something, I'm going to just give you the website from now, amazingtyler.com. Check that out. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. But um, just before we talk about the, excuse me, the injury, um, what, uh, what, just name, name a game or two, you know, off the top of your head, so one of the accomplishments or something, one of the most fun games you had, or just to show the, the skill level you were at prior to the injury, if you can uh, think of them. <laughs> high school or college or both? Either or. One from each, if, if they come to mind quickly or it's up to you, no, no problem. Yeah, um, I played um, American Legion baseball in high school, and I actually threw two no hitters, and one happened to be a perfect game. I actually forget the date right now. I used to have it in the back of my mind, but I threw a perfect game, which means um, not only were there no hits, but not a single man reached first base. So I, I faced 27 batters. All 27 got out, uh, wow. which was very fun. And then um, in my college, um, actually my second ever start as a as a freshman, um, I pitched against the number five ranked team, it was called Nova. They were they were Nova Southeastern University, and I think I pitched uh, seven or eight innings. Uh, I gave up four or five hits, one or two runs, and it was my first win, and also the first win at our um, our team's new brand new ballpark. Wow, that's a lot of that's a lot, especially so early in a in a, in a career, or you know, in your in your in your your time there at Florida at PBA. Uh, but then the injury you mentioned happened. And came back, didn't have the surgery, and um, then what happened in your junior going into your senior year? Right. So my freshman and sophomore year, I was throwing 88 miles an hour. That's where I was popping off, which is pretty, you know, kind of above average. I wouldn't say, you know, amazing, but it was above average. Um, so I got the injury. I rehabbed, came back. And my junior year, I was throwing about 80, 83, 84, which you know, to you may, may say, oh, it's only four miles an hour difference. What's the big deal? But to the hitters, four miles an hour is a big difference. So I was just giving up hits left and right, home runs left and right. Mm. And actually, after my after my junior year, had a meeting with my coach, and he just said, hey, listen, Tyler, you know, uh, we're not going to have a spot for you next year in in our in our program. So I got cut my senior year, and I was I was pretty devastated after that. Yeah. Wow. Well, we're going to take a brief break. If you can hang with us, because right after the break, I'd love to hear how you process that. And uh, and then we want to get into what you're doing now, too. Is that good, good for you? Great. Tyler Shore is our guest. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL. It's 422 AM 560 WFIL. Tim DeMoss hanging out. Thank you for listening in. You're welcome to call in to 800-560-WFIL, 800-560-9345. Or you can email... Timmy D, T-I-M-M-Y-D, at WFIL.com. If you have a question for Tyler, you're welcome to do that, or just for whatever other reason, want to keep the lines of communication open. Uh, our guest uh, this afternoon, Tyler Shore, he's a, a local guy, went to Calvary Christian School, and among other things, he was a really uh, standout athlete there, including pitching for the baseball team, 
went on to Palm Beach Atlantic in Florida where uh, he played baseball for several years. And then we're just at the part in the story where he had an injury in the junior year area and uh, got cut from the baseball team in his senior year. So kind of a end of a dream or end of a path there. And we want to hear more about where that, uh, you know, where that went and how, how that happened. Uh, on a side note, Tyler, I'm realizing that my son went to Calvary Christian School for a little bit just before you did, though. So you guys didn't cross paths, I don't think. Andy, went, he's at Palm Beach Atlantic right now. So if you could let me know where you're going next, I guess we're going to find that out. Uh, that, that way I can keep track of where my son's headed in all likelihood, you know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, let's find out about that path of yours and how you, uh, you know, process the disappointment of being told, you know, there's not going to be a spot for you on the baseball team next year after – how many years would it have been? Three years in high school, three years in college, and I'm guessing even some little league prior to that. You like you liked, liked baseball as a kid, or was it just absolutely? Okay. Yeah, I, right. I played baseball uh, since I could walk. So you know, I, I was playing baseball for probably over 12 years, um, and then here I am, senior year, I get cut, and I, I was told for the first time, "You're not playing baseball anymore." So it was kind of hard to compute that um, at the time. Um, yeah. You know, very very depressing time. Um, but I had to move on. I had to keep going. Um, and as any college athlete knows, your sport takes up so much of your time between workouts, practices, games, away games, travel. So uh, by the time my senior year came around, I had a lot of free time to hang out with my friends uh, and do things that I couldn't have done while playing sports. And one of the things that I focused on was continuing my career in halftime performing. Okay. Uh, and this is something that uh, people can find out more, amazingtyler.com. Is that the best way to, to look into it? That is the best way to look into it. So how this all started, when I was 11 years old, I was bored one day at baseball practice, and I balanced a bat on my nose, and after that I realized, wow, I can balance pretty much anything I could lift. So I started doing local talent shows. People liked it. And actually my grandfather, Jack Shore, works for, or worked for the Associated Press and for a lot of schools in Philadelphia, like University of Pennsylvania, Temple, St. Joe's. So I asked him one time, I said, hey, Grandpa, I do this balancing thing. Do you think a school would ever let me do a halftime show for them? And he said, oh, let me see what I can do. So a couple months later, I said, hey, Tyler, good news. I got you a show for University of Temple um, at the Palestra in Philadelphia. So I performed there, uh, had a great time, and, and afterwards some gentleman came down to me and said, hey, Tyler, we want to book you for our school. What do you charge? And I said to him, what do you mean what do I charge? Like, this is, this is, the, this is amazing. I, I'm performing in front of all these fans. It's fun. You're going to pay me for this? So at the time I didn't know what to, what to say to him, so I said, oh, how about, I don't know, 25 bucks? <laughs> and the guy kind of laughed in my face and said, no, we'll, we'll give you a lot more than that. So he ended up paying me pretty pretty well. And, and then I, I just kind of kind of did it for a, a little bit on the side, uh, and, and, and it was great for me. Tyler Shore is our guest uh, checking in from Florida today. You mentioned a couple of names there. People may know the name Jack Shore. You mentioned Associated Press. I've met your, your grandfather many times. A great man. Great man of God and a great athlete too. One way, one way I got to know him actually was playing in the Police Athletic League. Uh, they had these celebrity games at the ballpark back at Veterans Stadium and into the into the uh, Citizens Bank Park. And I saw him out there playing shortstop. You know, at and, and at the time in his I guess in his late sixties, early seventies, looked super fluid. Like, dude, how do you do that? He plays basketball, all this stuff. So he's always tan. He's always looking good. Um, 
but so it doesn't surprise me that you have that that background, that uh, athletic heritage in your family. As far as your economics of twenty five dollars for a gig, if I'm not mistaken, your dad wasn't he a business major in college? He was. He uh, graduated from our sinus, but uh, honestly, neither of us knew what the going rate was. So <laughs> right. back then, 25 bucks as a 16-year-old for having fun doing a halftime show was good enough for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, and was, was the Temple uh, event the first official kind of big-time event? I guess you, you were saying you'd done some smaller ones or talent shows. So Yes. So okay. I, my, my first appearance in front of people was I was 14 years old, and it was a church talent show in front of – Two or three hundred people, but uh, for University of Temple at the Pluster, that was my first official halftime show. Wow! And it has gone on now to become uh, really is is are halftime shows really kind of your main focus, or would you actually do if people were looking you up and saying, "Hey, this looks like we could use this too"? Do you do other things, or has halftime show become the main thing you do? Yes. When people say, "Hey, Tyler, what do you do for a living?" I tell them I'm a professional halftime performer. Um, so most wow. of my income comes from traveling around the country and doing halftime shows for college and NBA basketball games. Like I said, I graduated uh, from Palm Beach Atlantic two years ago. Uh, my first year out of college, I decided I would try to do um, halftime shows as a career. Um, not many people do that, but I was lucky <laughs> enough and blessed enough that my first year out of college – I was the number one most booked halftime show in college basketball. That's that's unbelievable. That's really unbelievable. And now part of it that is believable is you have a degree. Didn't you get your degree at PBA and in, in PE, right? So it's not as though. I did. Right. So you yes, have physical education is what I got my degree in. I, I loved kids. I love sports. And I, I think that that love for sports kind of helped me along the way to maybe learn how to use my body to balance things. Okay, so if you're just tuning in, uh, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL. Tyler Shore is our guest, and we're talking about uh, his path from being a local guy and, and went to uh, Calvary Christian School. And, uh, you know, people will know that from um, Pastor Joe Foe, Straight from the Heart, the program we air every weekday morning at 730. And, and the school that's associated with the church there uh, went to Palm Beach Atlantic, played uh, baseball at both schools, and had a, a, a turn in the path when you were a senior, not being able to get on the baseball team due to your injury. Um, and then how you had, you know, with God, as God often does, he's sometimes, you know, he's running a second line. And you're talking about when you were, uh, you know, 10, 11 years old, even, you know, the idea of, of being able to balance something when you were bored at baseball practice, that God had planted a seed and started working that angle since before you were even aware of it. And uh, so we're talking about that story, and we want to hear about these halftime shows, what the performances are like. I want to take a pause for a second. If you can just share a little bit about the, the – you mentioned when you realized you were not going to be in the baseball team, all of a sudden there is a ton of free time. But emotionally or spiritually speaking, like was it hard to let that that, that drop after 20 years of playing baseball or or did you have to – fight with God at all about it or struggle with the disappointment or, or was it something he got you through without too much difficulty? And I, I ask you because I think no matter who's listening, people have can resonate with the idea of being on a certain path and maybe at some point something comes to an end and you have to realize, what am I going to do now? Or, or what, what's my thing? What's my routine going to be now? And especially letting go of the disappointment of maybe something you enjoyed doing. So I'd, maybe you could just speak to that side of things. For sure. So definitely when I got cut, uh, my senior year of college, I was devastated. I didn't know what to do. I was kind of doing some self 
evaluation like here I am I was planning on playing baseball forever and now it, it has come to an end uh so I, I was kind of mad uh but definitely ask God like hey what's what's the next step and I, I think a lot of people know when God closes one door he, he opens another door and I, I'm a big um Romans 828 guy where all things work together for good so at the time I didn't know why I got cut I didn't know like why now like how how come like why is, why is this going on but you know all things work together for good so that free time that I got I was able to focus on halftime shows which is what I'm doing now and I'm actually looking back I'm glad I got cut from that baseball team because I, I I'm not sure how far I would have gotten playing minor league baseball but I know how successful I was with doing halftime shows and I think that's what opened that door into the halftime shows was getting cut yeah Tyler Shore is our guest uh yeah, Romans eight twenty eight. That's that's one of those Hall of Fame verses. All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. Another verse comes to mind too, Proverbs sixteen nine, where it says, "In his heart, a man makes his or plans his course, but the Lord establishes his plans." And so, I think God allows us to have dreams and hopes and things we try to go after, but we have to keep our our hearts open to His redirecting. Because the reality is, somebody put to me recently, you know, Zacchaeus, the story of him climbing the sycamore tree to see Jesus because he was too short to see Jesus when he walked by. Um, somebody, I forget where I read this, uh, just said, you know, the Lord had that tree planted years before Zacchaeus needed to climb it. And uh, it's it's a it's a great insight to remember. God's not working like just three minutes ahead of us. He's weaving lots of stuff together, and I think that's one reason He just says, "Relax, like let." Let me lead and take I – don't, I don't ask you to figure out everything I'm doing. Just follow me and trust me. You know, you're my child. I love you. So uh, I'm glad that, that that worked, you know, that you were able to, to follow along with him because not everybody does. It's not a gimme. Just because you know doesn't mean you're – you know, people will resist sometimes for a long, long time before they follow what God has to say or maybe not at all. Uh, as far as the, the show that you moved into, AmazingTyler.com is where people can find out more about the halftime shows. What is the performance itself like? And, and talk about the growth of it, like from the early days, from that first temple appearance at Temple University to what you do now. And I'm guessing you have a routine now where you, you know exactly what you're doing and why you want to do it and all that kind of thing. It has definitely evolved throughout the years. I remember my first ever performance at the church my big grand finale was balancing a chair on my face, and everyone thought that was amazing. So <laughs> after years and years of doing it in front of crowds and getting advice from different people that do halftime shows or you know, are friends with me, uh, you know, my show has definitely evolved into one of the top national acts. And so what I do is I literally, for six minutes on the basketball court, balance anything on my face from an umbrella to a chair to a bike to a wheelbarrow, and my grand finale is a 10-foot ladder. <laughs> on your chin? On my chin, that's right. Okay, so uh, just as far as the items you use, did, did you ha- where did the ideas come from, and are, are people, do they ever suggest things? Added? I guess you have to have the stuff on site, ready to go, so you can't do it on off the cuff, but what what led to this progression? You know, why? Just, I'm smaller to bigger, I'm sure, but... Uh, well, yeah, I mean, after every show, we'd think and talk to people and say, "Hey, what what can we what can we do to make this better?" So I, I changed my music, I changed my outfit, I, I started dancing while balancing, started riding scooters while balancing, climbing ladders while balancing. Um, but I just kept getting bigger and bigger until I got to a ten foot ladder. And I mean, anything after that would have to be something on fire or something living, which I think <laughs> most arenas wouldn't allow that. But it's funny you say. Um, what what I bring, so I do, a lot of my income comes from basketball halftime shows, but I also do 
minor league baseball, which a lot of people don't know. But um, I have about 30 shows a year within minor league baseball, and how that works is I do I do four or five performances on the field where I balance, you know, bikes, ironing boards, wheelbarrows, and then I actually go into the stands and I tell people, hey, I can balance anything on my face. I want you guys to challenge me to balance it. So that's really fun because people are giving me things I've never seen before, like shoes, sunglasses, ice cream cones, baby strollers, wheelchairs. And <laughs> if I can lift it, I can balance it. And it's really a great time. Wow. Do you need much practice? Because that would seem a little bit like, well, how do you balance that? I'd like to try it a few times before I can actually know that I can do it. Right. It's, it's so funny. People always ask me, oh, you must practice so much to do this. I actually don't. I practice zero hours a year. If I can lift it, I just I put it up on my nose and I let go, and I'm able to balance it. I'm not sure how. People ask me how I do it. I don't know how to explain it. I just know that when I let go of my hands, whatever I have on my nose or my chin, it stays there. That is incredible. Is, is it something that you um... – so you don't have to think – because this is the kind of thing for me, human nature would take over. Like, uh, I can do this, but well, what if I don't? Like, so does that ever happen to you when you're in front of a thousand or thousands of people? You're like, I got this. I don't have to worry about it. Or You know what, Tim? It's, yeah. it's so funny. When I first started doing halftime shows as a, as a full-time job, yes, I would get nervous being in front of 10, 15,000 people. Um, and not, not nervous to, to drop things, just nervous of, of being out there in front of people. Um, it's so funny. People have asked me, have you ever dropped anything? And I can still say, uh, I've been doing this for 13 years and I have never dropped a single item. So before I go out on the court, I, I, I'm confident in my act and I actually, I I don't get nervous anymore. Believe it or not. When I'm performing in front of crowds of 15,000 people, I don't get nervous. I'm confident. I actually get excited. I'm, I'm excited to go out there and listen to the music blasting and people cheering, and it's, it's really, really fun. Wow. That's a, that's a great story. I'm just thinking as you're talking here, um, we're going to go to a break in a second here, but I, I, I'm thinking, you know, you mentioned minor league baseball. I'm thinking, you know, there's a certain green mascot that roams Citizens Bank Park. That might be kind of hard to put on your chin though, right? I guess he's a little too big. But <laughs> I'm thinking that yeah, there, and there actually is a weight limit uh, to what I can do. But I, I do have a story of someone that knows the, the Philly Fanatic pretty well. Do you? Can, um, can you hold that yeah. story for one second and we'll come back and wrap up in a minute? Is that good for Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Okay, excellent. Tyler Shore is our guest. Local, went to Calvary Christian School in Philly at Palm Beach Atlantic, graduated in Florida and played baseball at both. Uh, had an injury, was not able to continue his baseball career as a senior in college. Had to deal with that disappointment. Trust in the Lord through Romans 8.28. And now has AmazingTyler.com, uh, amazing number one uh, uh, halftime show in college football and college uh, in 2017-2018. Uh, well, can we come back and wrap up our time with him? We also have some other cool things going on before our program's over here. It's AM 560 WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 441 on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560 WFIL. Clear and chilly the deal tonight, low 40. Sunny, breezy tomorrow, high 52, low 37. Major League Baseball playoffs, Dodgers going at it with the Brewers in about 20 minutes. Their series tied at two games apiece. American League Championship Series uh, resumes tonight. Boston ahead of Houston, two games to one. 8.38 first pitch. Flyers won last night. No T. They're at Columbus tomorrow. Sixers opened their season with a loss to Boston last night. 
And uh, they have their home opener tomorrow against the Chicago Bulls. We continue working with Trans World Radio. If you want to help out, you can email me, Timmy D at WFIL.com, T-I-M-M-Y-D at WFIL.com. I can get you in touch with them. You can also call us up at the station, 800-560-WFIL. And, uh, but before any of that, I want to bring back on Tyler Shore our, uh, for a little last bit of our conversation here. Tyler, again, a local uh, product, if you will, and uh, went to Calvary Christian School and then Palm Beach Atlantic in Florida, played baseball, and uh, the Lord has done a lot in his life through his talents and skills, and including through disappointment. Uh, but uh, now we're at a point where we've talked about AmazingTyler.com and being the number one most booked halftime act in 2017 and 18. Featured on shows like America's Got Talent and Regis and Kelly and Ripley's Believe It or Not. That must have been pretty cool as well, right? I mean, to go through those kinds of shows and publicity that comes with that must have been something. It was definitely a lot of fun. Uh, with Ripley's Believe It or Not, they actually flew me and my family to London to do a photo and video shoot. Uh, they flew me to Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver to be on a, a few live TV shows. So that's I, I got to travel a lot with that. And, you know, anytime you're on TV, it's, it's definitely a thrill. Yeah. Well, and, and in terms of just practically speaking, since this is what you are doing full time, if, if folks go to AmazingTyler.com, they can see an example of what you do or several examples, right? And they can see your schedule. Yeah, they, and... they can go to AmazingTyler.com and they can watch videos, see pictures, and I actually have um, my upcoming schedule up there. Not right now, but in, in the next couple of weeks, I'll be, be releasing my 2018-2019 basketball schedule, which as of now has 49 halftime shows for the winter, which is uh, pr- pretty pretty jam-packed. But um, in, in a few weeks, the fans will be able to go on and see where I'm going to be, and they can come to the games and say hi to me and introduce yourself. I'd love to meet them. That'd be great because I'm sure there are schools in our listening audience where that you'll be able to touch, whether it's local or whether it's uh, you know other states. People can listen to WFIL online. Um, if people wanted to book you as they're considering stuff, is that the site they can go to and send an inquiry? Yeah, go to AmazingTyler.com. There's a Contact Me page on the top. Fill out the form. Uh, love to uh, discuss if you have any events coming up. Love to see if we can make something work. Okay. And any particular good match kind of thinking? I mean, you mentioned the sporting events you do, but theoretically a, a corporate event could, you know, you want to loosen up the, the suits and help them see something fun or, or, you know what I mean? Anything else like that possible? For sure. I'm, I'm open for anything. Like I said, I'm mostly booked for college basketball and minor league baseball, but if someone wants to bring me out for a fun event, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever, ever met someone that doesn't like watching someone put a 10 foot ladder on their face. So, <laughs> um, I'm open to to all inquiries. Definitely like traveling and doing what I do. Okay, that's good. And, and uh, I'm, I'm just thinking and measuring that. I, I painted with my my brother's a painter. He's done it for many years, and I've I've carried ladders like that around and and bigger. I can only imagine putting one of them on my chin. I'm just lucky to get it up against the you know the wall and get it in right position so it doesn't slip out from under me. Let alone put it on my face, but uh, we don't all have we don't all blessed with the same gifts, I suppose. Uh, so tell us, Tyler, one last thing you were sh- you were sharing right before the break uh, a, a story about uh, a very good friend of the Philly fanatic. Yeah, so I I, I did halftime shows for a while, and someone actually the, actually the president of Palm Beach Atlantic. I was at dinner with him one time, and he said, "Hey, Tyler, have you ever thought about doing minor league baseball?" And I kind of shot it down and said, well, I can't. There's not really a halftime show to do it. And he said, oh, maybe maybe looking to do it during the inning break. So uh, I said, oh, I'll, I'll give it a try. So I actually wanted to get some more uh, guidance on minor league baseball entertainment. So I turned to 
one of the, the very good friends of the Philly Fanatic, Mr. Dave Raymond, who might ring a bell. He was, a, I would say, a very good friend of the Philly Fanatic. And I talked to him, and he gave me some advice of how to, how to do some minor league baseball entertainment, what to do, what to say, where to go, who to contact. Hmm. And the rest is history. I actually performed for 25 baseball teams this, this past year, and I think uh, the baseball teams really enjoy my interactions with the crowd. And I, I've had a few... A few baseball teams tell me that I was the uh, the best baseball act they've seen at a baseball game, you know, in a while, which which you know makes me, you know, it makes me smile hearing that. Of course, and and you know, just a thought comes to mind. In general, I always like to to pick people's brains, and because I think we can always benefit as, as people ask questions and learn from each other. Is there anything in your these last five or six years of you? making a more concerted effort in these ways, just something that, that you would encourage other people, whatever field they may be in, in terms of whether it's perseverance or, you know, tr- just also trusting God and not over planning or whatever it might be. Any thoughts along those lines? I mean, don't limit yourself. If, if, if you think that there is something that you can do, give it a try. I mean, I, I never thought that I would be, a full-time halftime performer, uh, but I just worked hard at it, and I didn't give up, and I didn't I didn't take no for an answer. There, there's some times where a school told me no, and I, I just kept calling back, and eventually I got them. <laughs> that sounds good. That's good. Well, Tyler, it's a pleasure to talk to you I, again. I've known your grandfather for many years. Uh, Jack Shore has been you know local, a well-known figure, sports writer, and many other ways. And uh, very well respected, and it's great to make your acquaintance further here and be able to talk with you about what you do. AmazingTyler.com is how people can get in touch. And uh, God bless you. Keep up the good work. Tim, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much, Tyler. It's Tyler Short. We'll take a quick break. And uh, coming up, we're going to actually – Tyler was mentioning a very good friend of the Philly Fanatic, Dave Raymond. We actually had another very good friend of the Fanatic, Tom Burgoyne, in the studio and he told us a story when he was in with us a few weeks ago that involved a minor league baseball game. We'll replay that for you in just a moment as we uh, share about our podcast situation, too. It's all coming up in just a couple minutes here on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 451, jumping right into it. This is our little conversation with Tom Burgoyne, who has a book out called Feel the Love. He was in studio with us, very good friend of the Philly Fanatic. Let's hear what he had to share with us when he was with us a little while ago. It's pretty odd. You know, Tim, I've been doing this now for 30 years, amazingly enough. I've been the Fanatic's friend for 30 years. You know, I've been cooking his food and doing his laundry and giving him his massages. And, Is he a good uh, you tipper? Know. <laughs> uh, no, no, he's not. <laughs> but it's really been a great, great life. What can I tell you? It's just been just so much fun, Tim. And I feel just blessed to be able to do it. Um, um, I grew up a Philadelphia sports fan, like crazy Philadelphia sports fan. This is my dream job. You know, it really is. And one of the neat things about it, going through life this way, Tim, is, you know, people telling you how much they love you all the time. And uh, it's really neat. And I I know that that's not how everybody, you know, uh, goes through life. People telling you they love you all the time, you know. You got it here when you, well, 
gave you the little tour of the station. <laughs> yes, a yeah. A couple of our guys in production are like, you do a great job. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly how this book came about, Tim. Every time I meet somebody, they always seem to say, "I love." the first words out of their mouth is, I love the fanatic. And they don't just say, I love the fanatic or I like the fanatic. It's like, I love the fanatic. <laughs> you know, people, you know, they jump up and down, you know, they, I get big hugs, you know. That's how it came about. And, and basically, you know, we, we asked the question in the book, what business, what organization or who wouldn't want to generate that kind of love for their product or their organization or their club or for themselves, you know, as much as people have that love and enthusiasm for the fanatic. Yeah. So uh, that's how it all came about. And uh, it's been really, really cool. It's called Feel the Love. Tom Burgoyne, very, very, very close friend of the Philly fanatic. Evan Marcus teamed up uh, for this. Now, what's Evan's background? Yeah. So he uh, and his wife own a consultant company in Cherry Hill. Of course, I have a lot of stories, a lot of stories about the fanatic but i knew there was a little bit more of a deeper meaning to to kind of what i do and uh we talked over and over again uh we met i'd tell them stories and we were just looking for themes to develop and i was late for a meeting once with evan and i said i was out to lunch with uh my um my family and the waitress found out what i do and of course she's like first words were oh i love the fanatic love the fanatic (laughs) and she went on and on that's why i was late for the meeting and she was holding it was funny because we were we ordered two and Sal, she had our soups and they were getting cold. And uh, as she just went on and on about how great the fanatic was, of course, my wife's rolling her eyes and my kids are like, oh yeah, we've heard this all before. Like, you but, don't love the fanatic. My soup's getting cold. <laughs> but that's when the light bulb went off. Like, you know, again, what business wouldn't want to generate that kind of love and enthusiasm for, for their company? And yeah. so we, we came up with some principles, Evan and I, and they're all based around the fanatic. Uh, yeah. the, the first one's called the big smooch. You got to love them first. And what was cool about this, Tim, was, you know, when I step back, I've been doing this for so long. I never really, really looked at what, what do I do? You know, what does the fanatic do? Yeah. And he, you've seen him. He's, he high fives. He hugs. He gives the big smooch. Uh, energy to whatever yeah, situation. a lot of energy, but he's loving the fans first, and and uh, you know I think yeah. it's a great it's it's really a great um, I think uh, a way that even these companies you know w- when they treat their customers right mm-hmm. and they make them feel special. The fanatic makes people feel special on the offense. Absolutely, if you, you know if you make a baseball analogy, you're going for it right on the offensive. You're not sitting around in a chair waiting for people to come over to you and. Maybe he'll talk to me if I go over there. Right, right. No. I mean, one of the cool things the Fanatic does is, uh, and I just do this for, <laughs> for kicks. This is what I do, too. On yeah. the concourse, Fanatic gets mobbed by people. And sometimes, you know, I'll spot somebody maybe 30 feet away. And, and just the Fanatic will just sprint towards this person and like he's going to tackle him and you can see the person's like looking around like is he coming for me and then it's just a big hug like we haven't seen each other for you know 20 years you know and the reaction i get it's like wow i can't believe he picked me you know and and it's that idea of making people feel special and loved and you can do it one encounter at a time and that's how the fanatic i really feel the magic of the fanatic comes is when people do have that one-on-one interaction and to make that a positive experience whether it's just a high five or a kiss nowadays everybody to everybody you know tim wants a a picture you know everybody has a cell phone camera that's gotta slow the fanatic down a little bit yeah yeah 
but but I know if the fanatic can stop for five seconds and have that picture taken, it it may create a memory that lasts a lifetime. If you're relating it into the office, and let's say you're a, a, a you know a, a you know manager and people and you have emails and you have your schedule and text and things that you're working on, but if somebody comes in and has a problem, needs to talk, uh, if you can just spend that few minutes and be present with that person, uh, it can go a long way. Um, yes. Uh, with with the fanatic, I always say it can be a challenge, you know. Uh, unfortunately, he can't pose for every picture, and he can't. Uh, I don't know if you remember this story, Tim, but in Lehigh Valley, uh, the fanatic was doing an Iron Pigs game, and uh, a baseball came off the dugout and hit the fanatic right in the neck, and which happens to be. I know we're on the radio now, but it happens to be my face. Yes. <laughs> so, so I, I went down, and uh, oh, everybody man. laughed, Tim. They thought it was part of the act. And oh, so wow. uh, I, 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 the fanatics staggered around a little bit, you know, trying to make it look good. <laughs> oh, and everybody's man. laughing. But meanwhile, if you ever watch the, the Flintstones, there's a huge, you know, welt growing mm-hmm. up over my uh, eye. The, I, I come through the aisle to the to the uh, uh, end of the aisle. I come through the row into the aisle, and there was a woman there. She was my bodyguard for the night, and I hugged her and whispered her in her ear and said, "Listen, you got to get me out of here. I'm really hurt and I'm bleeding, and you know I may yeah. pass out." And uh, she immediately got on her walkie-talkie, called the EMT. We go up the aisle, and of course, just like. All, what happens all the time, there are 50 to 75 people waiting at the top of the you know, steps, <laughs> waiting for the fanatic to high-five and you know, pose for pictures. And I'm, okay, I'm making my way, trying to get to where the, the door is. They'll take me down to the clubhouse. And I'm high-fiving, and I'm, you know, just, I can feel the thing growing off my forehead. And I spot the EMT guys come, and these two guys are running my way. I'm like, finally, you know, I'm going to get some attention here and uh, maybe and get some help. picture. Yes. <laughs> Tim, the one, this is no lie. One guy stops, he gets out his camera. The other guy runs over to the fanatic, puts his arm around him, and they leave. <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah, they left. And the girl who uh, saw what was going on, she ra- had to run after the EMT. They got me down to the clubhouse, and they got me on into an ambulance and uh, took me to the hospital. That's the Tom Burgoyne, very good friend of the Philly Fanatic the past 30 years, one of many fine guests we've been blessed to have on the show since we started last month. In the next few days, be on the lookout for our website. Uh, we'll have podcasts of the various shows we've had. We'll let you know when it's totally ready. But in the meantime, Jim Maxim, Acts 413 Ministry, is going to pray next, followed by Truth for Life with Alistair Begg at 5 o'clock on WFIL. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.